Steve Nagel minds your business exclusively on rock102.com. there kids it's your old pal steve nagel from the back steve and dave show at rock 102 and this of course is an exclusive podcast on our website rock 102.com it's called nagel mind your business and what we're going to be doing each week is we're going to be getting into uh, the workings of how different businesses throughout the area work haven't you always wondered how something uh something came to be how this person built this business. You drive by these places every day. You probably even utilize the, these businesses almost every day. Uh, but what's the real story behind them? Who are the people that run these things? Who are the people in your neighborhood? You remember that from Sesame Street. Well, we're all grown up now, and due to copyright infringement, I can't use that bit. So we're doing Nagel Mind Your Business. And not, and not so much for an ad for a place. Of course, there's going to be a little bit of advertising by these folks that, that come in and do interviews. But more about what's the real story behind you. I mean, these are the people that you, that you live with here in the community. They, they work with us in the community. It's nice to know who they are. So I figured the first uh, topic that we should dive into, because it's so near and dear to me, is, uh, is cannabis use. I know what you're saying. You're like, okay, here's uh, Stoner Steve going on his little cannabis rant. No, no, no. It's not like that. I have a story about this and that I'll get into in this particular episode where I really didn't use cannabis until I was 38 years old, mostly because uh, I was I was a heavy alcohol drinker and uh, also because there was a lot of stigma attached to it. Like, that's a drug user. You don't want to do that. Well, now cannabis is legal. I didn't start using this until... Uh, my late wife got sick, and I'm really interested in the dynamics behind all of this. I'm very fascinated by by cannabis and all the red tape that these local dispensaries have to go through in order to get their product out there, and what makes them unique and what sets them apart from everybody else. Well, our first episode brings us with Meg Sanders from Canna Provisions in Holyoke, who's got a different kind of business. It's not your typical dispensary. And we find out now in Nagel Mind Your Business, episode one on rock102.com exclusive podcast. And in the studio with us is Meg Sanders from Canna Provisions in Holyoke. How you doing, Meg? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Thanks for being with us here today. Now, I I, I kind of want to give you a little background on, on how I got into cannabis. It was about five years ago, uh, maybe six years ago now, my my wife uh, got diagnosed with stage four stomach cancer. And as devastating as that was, we also knew that cannabis had ju- had already been medically legalized here in the state of Massachusetts. So we found a friend that would get us, you know, the stuff that we needed to get. That was the first time that I tried it, and it was like, why have I been denying this my entire life? Like, this was something that not only brought comfort and, 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 uh, and had my wife, you know, get, hung- you know, get hungry, which she needed. She desperately needed food and protein and things like that. But now it's, to me, it's like, this is actually pretty damn relaxing, to tell you the truth. And, and I'm like, why, why have I denied this? So as we talk about... You know, people be and I, and I had never been into a dispensary until it was actually adult legal because I wasn't allowed to. Once she got a medical card, I wasn't allowed to go in there with her. And we didn't set up like the what is it? The, the caregiver caregiver the, yeah. type of thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
So we did, we didn't set any of that up. So the first time I went into a dispensary was when it actually became legal for all adults. And I got to tell you, it was pretty intimidating because it almost looked like uh, a jewelry store. And many of them do. Many of them have this this feel to them. But Canada Provisions is a little bit different. And and what's so different about the way you display things in your store versus the traditional, oh, I say traditional, it's only been legalized since 2018, but uh, the traditional uh, dispensary that you would find around here? Well, first I would say the traditional dispensary started in other states long before now. And so the the uh, learning curve and, and where people were pulling their um, experience of how to set up a store was kind of from previous generations of, of states, so Colorado, right. California, et cetera. And for whatever reason, there was this notion, I think part of it was regula- regulatory. So let me say that. I don't think this is all just humans failed to be innovative. Right. I think right. humans were given a very strict set of rules to open, and um, that was securing product behind a locked counter, not accessible to uh, people that didn't work there. So, you know, you have to remember the number one thing that regulators worry about and people that are, you know, law enforcement, et cetera, when cannabis comes to town, so to speak, is um, keeping it out of the wrong hands, making sure that smash and grabs don't happen and people aren't just in there just putting weed in their purse and running out the door. Right. Yeah, so yeah, right. the notion was, hey, let's make sure this is nice and secure. So I want to put that on the table. Uh, what we what we did what we did realize was um it's pretty already coming into a dispensary, especially if you know nothing about cannabis products, is so intimidating, right? Mm-hmm. Um it's just kind of like just like you mentioned, like going into a high-end jewelry store. I mean, who isn't intimidated? You're just like, what can I touch? What can I not touch? I don't even know what this is. What does that even mean? There's a lot of lingo. And it's the very same thing in a dispensary. And I can see the intimidation factor. I totally understand that. I've been there actually. You know, I've been at that that moment yeah. in time where I wasn't a cannabis consumer and I'm like, I can walk into the store and I don't even know what to ask for. You know, it's baffling to me. Now, now, I'm sidetrack here. With all your experience with cannabis, were you a late bloomer in the cannabis using uh, aspect of your life, or was this something you had done since you know maybe you were a teenager and then started finding out about it later on? Yeah. So my experience with cannabis definitely was a younger stage in my life. Mm-hmm. I would say, you know, senior year in high school and college. And that was even really limited. It just right. wasn't wasn't definitely on the menu every day for, for me or my friends. Um, and then as I as I, you know, kind of went into the workforce and got married and that kind of thing, my husband at the time was definitely a cannabis consumer. His friends were cannabis consumers. So I didn't have a negative feeling about it. I just knew what I knew, which was they consumed flour in a bong almost 100%. That's kind of how they consumed flour. So that was the extent of my knowledge. And then I had kids and I was working as a volunteer in the school. And so, you know, I wasn't necessarily thinking, I'm going to go start a weed company. Yeah. Um, but then the opportunity kind of hit, you know, landed at my feet and I did. And that that was kind of my moment in time where I went from um, not really a consumer to not only a consumer, but a believer. And that ended up, I mean, just the, the patients that I met on a regular basis when, when I started in cannabis, with, which at the time was just medical. Um, I don't know how you can sit across from any human that tells you these very touching and intimate and really painful stories sometimes of loss. Yeah. But how cannabis <laughs> helped that exit, how cannabis helped them 
find, you know, find peace with their diagnosis. It might be a chronic illness that they will deal with for the rest of their life, Crohn's, et cetera. Um, and then um, people that just, you know, were staunch, staunchly against this and then somehow found their way and it changed their life. And now they're 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 speaking from the highest pulpit, right? So um, that that's kind of what got me that these mm-hmm. these very one on one personal patient testimonials. And I, and you just when a human being looks at you and says, "This changed my life. It changed my suffering. It changed how much I was spending on meds that weren't really working that were turning me into a zombie. Um, took away the pain. Let me sleep. You know, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And in some cases." found somehow there was remission that happened there was the cancer stopped growing the those are the stories yeah. too right so so it's just it those you they're so compelling how do you how do you not just internalize them and go out and and do the work on their behalf and, and they are and they're extremely compelling and 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 the, the cool thing is they're all different everybody has a different experience with that use of the cannabis whatever it was for in my particular case with with my late wife she, it wasn't about, like, we were beyond any curing stage. There, It's become clear that we can't say anything cures anything. Right. But we do have some evidence that it does help, you know, maybe tumors or anything. But in our case, it was more of a hunger and a comfort thing. Yep. And for the first month that she was diagnosed, we didn't know what she had. We didn't know what kind of cancer she had. So the day, and she hadn't eaten much, and the day before Thanksgiving, she had an endoscopy and a colonoscopy uh, to find out what exactly this was, and that was confirmed that it was stomach cancer, but then Thanksgiving was the next day. Mm. So Thanksgiving of uh, 2016, she's not eating anything. And I said, let's get that chocolate bar that we had upstairs from our friend who got us the, the thing. A five milligram, she takes five milligram piece. Within an hour and a half, she eats the biggest plate of you know all the fixings and, and everything like that. And her mood changed. Her mood changed from, oh, like this is the worst pain I've been in and I can't do anything, to I'm so glad to be with my family and this is Thanksgiving and I can eat and I can enjoy things now. So it's a a unique experience, I think, for, for each person that uses it. And I know that even just recreationally, my experience is going to be different than somebody else's experience. But that's the beauty of this, and that's where you guys come in as far as the educational part, but not in an intimidating way. And I'll tell you, what, this is my analogy of walking into Canada Provisions versus any other place around here. Any other place I walk into around here, it's like a jewelry store like we were just talking about. And it's like, can I even afford any of this stuff? Like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. You got you got words coming out, terpenes and cannabinoids and, and all these things. And, and I compare it almost to like a brewery. Yes, I was a big drinker for many years, but I could have cared less about the hops and the way it was malted and all this other stuff because it was just, no, give me the one that tastes the best or the one that works for me the best out of all of these things. But walking into Canada Provisions is less like a jewelry store and more like a Christmas tree shops. And I don't mean to make it sound like it's some kind of circus in there, but the products on display, the way you have them laid out, it's like, okay, well, now I know what you're talking about when you say these are the edibles that we have here. And everything, and I almost, when I, we were doing an event there, uh, I think it was back in October or September and October where I did some music for you yeah, guys yeah, up yeah. there. And I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could eat that chocolate. And you're <laughs> like, it's fake, dude. It's like walking into a Starbucks and they have the 
they have the fake like cupcake up in the front. You're like, wow, that looks like I want that one. They're like, you can't have that one. That's not even real. <laughs> but that, but that is to me a very non-intimidating way of b- people being educated about things without being intimidated by the looks of the place. Is it? Is that a? Is That's that... definitely what we were going for. So thank you. Yeah. Um, I think overall, what we were looking to do is take the intimidation factor out of it, um, and create opportunities to stand side by side with our with our customers instead of across a counter, which is often sterile and a little difficult to build rapport and relationship building. And it was really the opportunity to show people the products and hold it, you know, a package in your hand. Because even at some of the stores that you go to, you don't even see the packaging until you go home and open the bag. So how do you open the package? What does this package mean? What is the label? Oh, yeah, what is you, the testing? Like, it's You just, can't handle you any can't, of this stuff. You can't yeah, and you can just it. see them putting it into the bag and yeah. that's it. So sitting there with a with the customer side by side, you can see the product, you know, behind a locked case. We can open the product. We can open it and show it to you. Um, and then actually having the packaging in your hand, we've immediately like eliminated 10 items, 10, 10 checklist items that, that keep people from coming right. into the store in, yeah. in the beginning. Or, or that anxiety once you have a bag and you go home and you're like, I, I don't know what to do with this. this is, I have no idea. I don't even know how to open it. And so that, that was the first start. The second part, um, the, that's where we started, excuse me. The next part was how do we speak about it in language that is so easy for a novice to come in and just be able to walk away with a few takeaways instead of just blasting them with the terps in this is crazy and the TAC and the THC and oh by the way but there's CBG and CBN in it and you yeah. can just imagine like their heads spinning they don't even know what to think and no one likes to feel stupid no one likes to feel like they don't know right and so our biggest focus is we want to be your teacher and we hope that by being your teacher, you continue to shop with us. But bare minimum, when you walk out of Canna Provisions, you're way smarter about cannabis. And that happens every single time you come. Right. And, and the user-friendly way that you interact with people in the store. You have people, employees that are there. To not, they're not. It's not like we're hovering over you. It's not like you're going into a into an appliance store, or or, or one of those high, those furniture stores yeah, where they yeah. just follow you around. Yeah, they're, they're like, like you, yeah, you get away, buy, get away. You gonna buy this ottoman now or, or later? <laughs> uh, usually, when I go into those places, I just say, "Hey, what's the thing that everybody says is too strong for them?" And then when I and then when they say what it is, I said, "I'll take two of those <laughs> because that's usually how I like to roll." But I, I've actually, you know, kind of learned quite a bit over the years and, you know, and thanks to, to, to some of the folks at your place too, but even just my own research going, okay, well, this is the thing I want to, I don't want to be stoned all day long. I want this for nighttime. I want, uh, you know, and you guys have these, uh, these chews with the, uh, uh, it's like melatonin in them, I think. Betty's, Eddie's. Betty's, Betty's yeah. Edibles. It's yeah. a pretty popular brand. I like Betty. Betty's got some good <laughs> Betty's stuff a going cool, on. Betty's a cool chick. <laughs> right, but, but but these are the things that that people might not understand. Like, okay, what does this one do? What does this one t- you know, typically do? And again, everybody's going to have a different experience on it, but this is what the goal of this particular product was set out to be. You know, it's... Cannabis is more is beyond the indica and sativa. Well, it, there's so much stuff yes. to know, but you don't really have to have all that knowledge for everything because you might not be using that product for whatever your ailment might be or whatever your 
you know, maybe you just want to be happy and be creative a little bit. And then you got some, you know, I think it was wedding cake. Was it wedding cake was one of the good ones that they that Wedding they cake or wedding crasher. We have both of those. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like I'm writing jokes left and right you know, on, the, on those <laughs> It's things. an inspirational right. weed. I love it. But but also at nighttime when I take, I just want to go to sleep. I don't want my mind racing. I don't want my mind doing all these things. So there's different, you know, different aspects on, on how people can obtain their cannabis and and in a in a comfortable fashion, and not so much mm, this intimidation thing. But you, we were talking, you know, before we started this podcast, the the disparity between women not not having the access to the education, or not, or just being too intimidated by it. Is correct me of the statement that I'm trying to make here. Yeah, so so that started when medical rolled out. Uh, the stats showed it very clearly in almost every state that I've seen stats on medical. And that's that 70% of cardholders are men. So right right away right. we have we have a there's clearly a disconnect because actually women in their as you know in their family make a lot of your healthcare decisions. They make a lot right. of your shopping decisions. They're responsible for the for I mean up to eighty five percent of of what of a household spends. Not, not the marijuana. That's comes, a man's job. Well, it, well, it, it was also so <laughs> unknown and so scary, right? right. And so, well, I'm not going to do it. You go do it, honey. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think that was part of it, right? And also, you know, think about the medical card process. It feels very, I'm, my name's living on a list somewhere, and I don't know about that. You know, somebody's got to be safe here, and honey, I'll take care of the kids and not go to jail. You go to jail. Right, right. You know, wh- whatever the fear factor is. But I think now we're at the moment where what I hear on a very regular basis is, I don't know, and I'm intimidated to go in. And I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that. And so I, I think that where we have stri- we've strived very, very hard to make a unintimidating, welcoming environment that feels familiar. So think Sephora. Um, and you might not be familiar with Sephora, but when you go to Sephora, you stand in front of stuff and there's samples and you can smell it. And somebody comes over and goes, oh, did you know about this one? Oh, well, let right. me show you the let me show you another one that's even better. And so you get that you get that um, thoughtful leadership in there to, to guide you. And, you know, you're getting the right product. And and I think of like REI, I think of other, you know, other IKEA is another one where mm-hmm. you kind of are guided through a process to make sure that you see all the different options that there are. So, you know, you're, you're Ikea, you start here, and you then you work your way all the way down to the home goods and textiles, and yeah. next thing you know, your basket's full, and you're checking out, and it's $300. But I guess my point is, is we wanted to make it feel more, less like a pharmacy, yeah. and more like a, a shopping experience, and an opportunity, again, to build that report, right. and, and have you have a, have a safe space, one-on-one, where you can ask any question you want, and you're not going to be judged by people standing around you. And our guides are trained no matter where you are in your cannabis journey, whether you're brand new, never even tried it, to I dab five times a day and I'm high all day. And there's people that do that. No yeah. judgment. Good on you. Um, and it's just it's that that's really the but, range. But again, that just goes back to the this is this the that types of those types of use are not for everybody. Right. You know, everybody's got their own comfort level with that. But again, this is where you folks come in and you say, hey, look, you don't have to be so scared about this. Like, There's an entry there's some, level. There's yeah. an entry level and, way to start. And that's the great thing about having the knowledge of the employees that work for right. you, too, because what you just said about this. Oh, let me just show you this one. It's not about we're trying to upsell you a thing. It's the symptoms that somebody might have given you. Listen, I'm having I'm having a little anxiety here. OK, well, you don't you're not going to give somebody something with 30 percent 
THC inside of it, you're going to say, okay, you want more mild, something that's not going to make you paranoid or something, things like that. So that's the personalization part. You kind of just. Yeah. Well, with anxiety in particular, that's often an Mm -hmm. effect of a terpene. It has nothing to do with the THC. Terpene. I thought it was terpine. See, this is the thing. missing all these names. So some of the the terpenes that are in cannabis, and it varies by strain, and and I would even caution that sativa and indica aren't even really accurate descriptions of cannabis. They've become this part of the lexicon that that indicates sativa, energy, indica, sleepy, um, and, and that's really not even that accurate either. Um, what we're finding and what we know for sure is, first of all, shopping by THC percentage is really a loss leader. There's been two studies so far that basically say anything over 20%, you, you only have so many receptors in your body. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, kind of like vitamins are kind of like when you take too much whatever, you just pee out the rest of it. You, you're not, yeah. you know, you're not really going to, you're not going to, you're not going to, um, utilize all 30% of that. So so that's part of it. But the other the thing that's really really important is there's other things that affect how cannabis helps you or how mm-hmm. cannabis makes you feel. And those are minor cannabinoids. Those are also terpenes. And the terpenes are super responsible for that I feel um anxious. This made me feel more anxious. I feel paranoid. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so um, you know, I'm feeling so creative now. And we really know that the, it's more than just the THC. And it's not like you can even isolate those terpenes and say, take this, and that'll make you feel mm-hmm. the same way. It's really all of it working in concert. And everybody's different. Every human body. And we know this because pharma tells us this. When you think of any pharmaceutical, generally, the studies show that it only really helps 33% of the people that take it. Right. And that's just a fact. And think about how many times you've been to a doctor and they say, take this for two weeks or six weeks and or, and let me know how you're feeling. I mean, can you imagine what the nice thing about cannabis is you you go home, you try it, you know immediately whether it's what, where, work where it you helps or you or not. Yeah, yeah. And we often teach, especially when it comes to flour or full spectrum products that have all the terpenes and all the cannabinoids in it, is your nose knows. And so if it smells delightful to you, it's probably something your body's going to love. If it doesn't smell delightful to you, your body might not love it. And that's one of the first kind of things we teach. See, that's really interesting that you said that because I've had some weird experiences on things that didn't smell like, I mean, I knew it was cannabis, I knew it was marijuana, but I didn't like it smelled different than like, like I like the more sweet smelling. You ones like sweet or, and floral and yeah, and, and I know yeah. with like anything with color in it, I know I'm gonna like that one too. Yep. But the ones that are more like brownish and, yeah. and diesel-y, yeah. the tire fire uh, smell. Those are those might not be as it, it, that's again. I know people that love that smell, and I love people that cannot stand that smell. Yeah. Well, the good news is we're going to get into all of this with you guys, especially over the next few weeks. We're going to roll out some of these podcasts. Uh, and uh, we will definitely have you back, and we'll definitely have uh, other people in here to give their experiences about, you know, the use of cannabis and you know what it's done for them and how people can manage their own plan uh, of how they want to uh, approach using cannabis if they've never have. I so agree with yeah. you, and just that thoughtful approach of how of how to enter the space and mm-hmm. how to try it. And, and not try it and walk away forever because it didn't work, but try it with the understanding of this may work, 
but I might need to keep trying some things. And that's what we're here for. So I'm really excited to help educate and, and teach people all about cannabis. Meg Sanders from Cannabis Provisions, we really appreciate the time today. And we'll be talking to you guys over the next uh, few weeks with different guests uh, from, from your company. And we'll, uh, we'll get psychoactive effects. I remember uh, one of you guys was telling me about different tips. We can, we can actually give you a tip on how to remove the psychoactive effects and that'll be coming up in another podcast right here on Nagel Mind Your Business on Rock 102.